right now, Christians, conservatives, and freedom-loving Americans are being censored and abused by cultural gatekeepers. Why? Because we don't fight back. Not anymore. Freedom of Creativity is a directory for creatives and businesses who value the American principle of freedom. If you're a fan of culture, you'll discover new artists of all kinds. And if you're a business owner, list your company on Freedom of Creativity so we can build a directory of businesses that share our values. It is vital to speak with our wallets and sow into businesses that support freedom over censorship and cancel culture. It's free to join and free to use. But if you upgrade and support Tim's Fight for Our Culture, as a fan of my show, Tim is giving listeners 50% off for life when you use the code L-I-S-S-E-T-P-E. Join today at freedomofcreativity.com. Spread the word. Reach out to Tim Columba on social media at Freedom of Creativity US, where you can also watch his videos that are pretty good. They're awesome, actually. Learn by listening to my podcast episode where I speak with Tim Columba about his mission and why it's so important on season two. If you don't start influencing our culture, who will? The culture is in your hands. Welcome to the Brookie Marican Podcast. I'm your girl, Lisette Carter, and today we are going to be talking about Thanksgiving. 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 <sighs> and Somerset. And Squanto. And the reason why is because I have noticed um, through friends uh, who have children in the public school system is that the Thanksgiving uh, holiday has been tainted. And also um, the I've noticed that a lot of the uh, facts, um, historical documents um, that are that exist really are not uh, included in the public school system or they have been eradicated um, because honestly they want um, people to believe that white man bad and every other color is good. And they don't want to give uh, America a good name, obviously, as an indoctrination uh, thing happening right now, or it's been happening for years in the school systems, colleges, uh, medical schools, government, everywhere, where they want to train the kids and they've, you know, it's been said, I don't know who said this. I don't know if it was like Hitler or somebody said, you know, you control the kids um, education, you control the world. That's where the power uh, therein lies. And so um, they've managed to teach children um, a false doctrine um, and also false history so that they can get them to vote a certain way at the end of the day. Um, so remember that class that we had that was called critical thinking that no longer exists. <laughs> that is not a thing anymore. It's actually been replaced with uh, conspiracy theories where we've had uh, one instance where someone came to us and said, you know, in our conspiracy theories class, our teacher told us that Christianity was false and that there that that healing was a conspiracy theory. And so that is just one small example as to what is being taught today. And, you know, the original intent of if you listen to, um, I think it's in my season two podcast on um, public schools, like the, the original intent of public schools, which initially had started in Massachusetts was to teach children um, scriptures and the Bible so that they can learn to be upstanding citizens and shy away from and rebuke uh, the ideas of socialism, which are evil ideas. 
I say all that to say <clears throat> that I am going to be giving the correct uh, documented historical um, evidence of the first Thanksgiving. Um, the reason why I say all that is because when I had mentioned this a few years back to a kid about, you know, hey, this is what I'm learning about the real Thanksgiving, the real pilgrims, um, the real Indians. I just got a ton of pushback saying, no, that is not true. And I'm not, I'm not one to, you know, just believe. And if you've heard any of my stuff, you know, this, I'm not one to just believe any one book or any one teaching. I will go and I will find out, you know, what is the root of this? Who is paying you to write that? Um, what is your personal belief? Um, those are all factors that, you know, you have to consider when you're reading or learning any kind of material whatsoever. Most of my historical stuff comes from uh, Wall Builders, which is the David and uh, so like Rick Green, David Barton, David and Tim Barton. They are historians that have um, the most documented historical proof of anything that has happened in the United States. I like them. Um, I've also researched other sources, resources for this, especially for my book should be coming out in January. Um, I know this is like delayed, 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 but I had to really look um, up other sources to make sure that, you know, this stuff was accurate. So I want to give you, you know, it's a week before Thanksgiving, maybe uh, five or six days before Thanksgiving. And I want to set your soul at ease <laughs> with the celebration of Thanksgiving. You guys know that I don't like to um, celebrate anything just because American culture tells me to celebrate it. I want to know the root of the root of the root. Where does it come from? Just like I did on my last podcast or a couple of podcasts ago on Halloween. I want to know where did that come from? Why have um, Americans, let alone Christians, adopted it? Um, and what, like, what is it? Where are those facts coming from? And so that is what we're going to be doing today. I'm going to be dissecting uh, Thanksgiving and a little bit before um, Thanksgiving so that you know what you're celebrating and why. Now, let's get to the root of the word Thanksgiving. Where does that word come from? Right? The only thing that sticks out to me is scripture, the word of God, where I constantly, constantly hear the word Thanksgiving in scripture. And I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. There's like 20 here, but I'm just going to give you a couple. First Thessalonians 5, 16, 18, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all things circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Psalm 10, Psalm 103, 1, 4, praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. And therefore, Colossians 2, 6, 7, as you therefore have received Christ the Lord, so walk with him, rooted and built in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Isaiah 12, 4, 5. And on that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call in his name, make known his deeds among his people. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father and heavenly gifts, who does not change like shifting shadows. First Chronicles 16.34, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his steadfast last endures forever. 
Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Psalm 118.24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. All of these are examples of thanksgiving. Psalm 107.13, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast last endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and from the south. 2 Corinthians 9.15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So let me, all thanksgiving, thankful, teaching how to be thankful in scripture. Now, I had done a podcast a while back about uh, the pilgrims um, and I think I did a podcast. (laughs) Maybe I didn't, I don't know. Um, But I wanted to um, talk about the difference between a little bit, and I did discuss this a little bit, the difference between um, the Massachusetts Bay Colony or the pilgrims that came to Plymouth and the pilgrims that, or the people that had gone, that were part of the Virginia Colony. Because to me, when I was writing my book, I'm like, there's a gap here, right? There's a gap for um, the difference between the pilgrims and the Virginia Bay Colony. And what I learned is that the pilgrims they actually were headed towards Virginia, towards that colony. Um, And thank God they didn't. Thank God they ended up in Plymouth. And here's why, is when I study the Virginia colony, initially John Smith, and oh, I did this in my um, Pocahontas podcast. John Smith was a Christian. Everybody else around him, they weren't there for the same purpose John Smith was there for. Um, John Smith was there to spread the gospel and um, everybody else was there to search for gold. So kind of like what the the Disney version of Pocahontas, where John Smith was a good dude and those other guys were there, they posed as Christians, but they weren't really living that um, is true. Um, Now the Plymouth, um, the pilgrims that went to Plymouth, they walked out their their belief in the word of God. They went there to, to seek, uh, religious freedom. Um, they were being persecuted in England, um, for their beliefs. I mean, these guys, it wasn't just like a persecution that you see right now, like on Facebook, like STFU, you don't know, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't like that. Obviously they didn't have social media back then. They didn't have internet electricity. Um, but it was a pers- a different persecution where if you didn't worship God, the way the king worshiped. And this just wasn't in England. This was all around the world. They were doing this in Spain, France, everywhere, where they had like a version of Catholicism, where they would take bits and pieces of the scripture and all of their services would be in Latin. And people weren't allowed to have Bibles because Bibles really did teach people that God was no respecter of persons. Okay. So these guys wanted, they learned, they got their hands on a Bible and they learned that they were to be free in Christ and worship God the way that they wanted to. And when they would do that underground and they were found, um, they would get jailed, they would get beaten, they would get killed uh, because the religion in those countries was a way of um, uh, power 
and it was a way of control. So it wasn't necessarily that they were really worshiping God, um, that the king was doing it. It was that they were, they just wanted control over the people and religion or state run church, as it was called religion, um, then was just one, like you couldn't have anything else. Christianity is actually the only religion, quote unquote, that allows and is tolerant of other religions to live in peace with them. Um, but however, we are called to spread the word of God, which is what um, the pilgrims came to do. And I'm going to read something here. It's very interesting. Um, so before, because they didn't arrive in Virginia, um, where they were arriving in Plymouth, they knew that there was obviously like no documented government, no rules. So before they got off the ship, off the Mayflower, they wanted to establish um, like governing rules before they even hit the land. So it says here, because the pilgrims arrived in an area not under the authority of their Virginia colony, they had to come to a place with no official governance. So before leaving the Mayflower, they drew up their own governmental compact, which declared, having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith and the honoring of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia. Do by these presents, that is, by this legal document and charter, solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and of one another, covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic. So this was the first governing document for the new world. And I actually have the whole thing here. If you're on my YouTube channel, um, you can see it. It's called the Mayflower Compact. I actually got this from Reverend Stephen Kraft um, up in Lexington, which he's on another podcast. Um, I can read, I'm going to read the whole thing to you because it's very interesting how they put God at the center of, um, their lives and their government on their governing document, um, which has been refuted. People have, people will say, well, they didn't come here. They just came here to kill off all the Indians and they spread diseases. Well, that's not necessarily true for the first, the first pilgrims that came into, um, the Plymouth colony. It may have been true for people before, for people after, but not this, not the not these pilgrims. So the Mayflower Compact, in the name of God, amen. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord, King James, by the grace of God, of Great Britain, France, and Ireland, King Defender of the Faith, etc. Having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith in honor of the king and country, which I just read, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia, do these, do by these presents solemnly and mutual in the presence of God and of one another covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic for our better ordering and pres preservation and furtherance of the ends of aforesaid. And by virtue hereof to, intact, to enact, constitute, and frame such just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions, and offices from time to time, we shall be thought most meet and convenient for the general good of the colony, unto which we promise all due submission and obedience. In witness thereof, we have hereunder subscribed our names at Cape Cod, the 11th of November, in the year of the reign of our sovereign King James of England, France, and Ireland, the 18th, and of Scotland, the 44th, 54th. Uh, Anno Dom, 1620. I don't know what that means, but it just means the year that it was written. And then all of these people had um, signed it, John Carver, William Bradford, Edward Winslow, William Brewster, Isaac Allerton, they're all here. So 
these guys understood that they were coming here for to seek religious freedom and also to spread the gospel. Okay. Um, and I remember there was a story that um, one of these guys had said that he had a dream that uh, he, they were on their way to the new world. And there was an Indian in America saying, come here. We need, come here. We need God, something like that. Um, come and, you know, come and spread the gospel here. This is where we need it. And it's interesting that when they included, they wrote this document that they included God into it. So now I'm going to take you back to 1620 was when the Mayflower Compact was written. Um, and they had encountered when they arrived here in November. Um, so you can imagine that arriving on a ship in, in New England in November, it's cold. And there were over 100 people on that ship. And during that time, there were about six or seven people that were actually able to get off the ship um, and work, you know, like look for food, make some shelter. And at the time, there was a guy by the name of Samoset who had learned broken English from like another um, who was part of a remember what tribe he was from. I want to say Patatoxic. Um, but he had warned them that the land that they were on and he knew broken English from like other settlers that would come and visit. They weren't settlers. They would just come and, and visit. Um, he had warned them that there was a tribe there before they had come who was wiped out by some kind of a pandemic and that all of the surrounding in Indians in the location, they had basically sworn off that property. They didn't, they, it was just cursed land um, and that no one would really bother them because of that. And so it was mostly likely because of um, the treatment of the Virginia colony that he would warn them that a lot of the Indians were hostile in that area because of the, because of that colony, because they would claim to be Christians. And then they would do the exact opposite of what the word of God had said. And so you've heard of, probably heard of Massasoit, if you're in Massachusetts, Massasoit Community College, who is named by the chief of the Wampog. I'm probably butchering that the Wampog, Wampanoag. Um, who was a tribe um, that made a peace treaty with the pilgrims when they got there. So this guy, um, Samoset, had reported back to this tribe and said, look, these guys just arrived. They're peaceful. A lot of them are sick. They don't know how to farm the land. They don't know how to find shelter. And so they made immediately, because of their interactions with the other colony, um, they decided to make a peace treaty with them and say, listen, we'll help you guys out in any way that, you know, you need. Um, and listen, these guys were like, these Indians, they were warriors. Like they weren't like, you know, <laughs> they, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like they weren't um, like passive people. They, they were warriors. Like they defended their land. They fought against other tribes. Um, they understood when people would come um, to the land that they didn't know how to operate the land from where they were from. So um, when Massasoit had left after that peace treaty was written, um, 
he left behind Squanto. Now, Squanto, six years later in 1614, um, he was actually captured by, I don't know if it was Spaniards, but he was, um, him and like 27 other Indians were captured and they went back to Spain. And in Spain, what they would do is they would, either you were black or Indian or whatever, and also whites, um, they would sell you into slavery. But there was a Christian or Catholic organization that were missionaries that had, um, they had taken them out of that. They had rescued them from that slavery. And so Squanto ended up um, going to England where he had learned English. He had learned their customs. He had learned their way of life and then had come back in 1619 to New England, back to his tribe, the one, the Wanapog. one. I'm, I'm totally butchering that bro. Wampanoag um, tribe where he had learned that they had all been wiped out from that sickness that had come before that I had just talked about. And so he was the last surviving member of that tribe. Um, and so that year in 1620, was said to be the first Thanksgiving because Squanto had actually helped them in that whole year. He had met the pilgrims and he realized these guys have no idea what they're doing, but because he understood their culture, because he had lived in England and he understood their language and he understood that they had no idea how to farm or harvest or anything um, in our, in this land, he decided that it was his mission to help him. Um, now, whether or not he was a Christian, I have no idea. I know that he was um, his, he felt like his mission was to help the pilgrims at that time. And so that whole year he taught him how to do these things. And so, um, that year was when William, I believe it was William Bradford, who's a pastor. Um, he had said, yo, we need to do a, um, we need to thank God for this year that we were able to survive, that this Squanto was able to help us and teach us and, you know, teach us how to fish and teach us how to just survive. And so out of a hundred pilgrims that over a hundred pilgrims that had come, there were 53 remaining pilgrims. And so there were four women, 14 young boys and girls, 13 infants and young kids, young kids, um, and 22 men. And so with the 53 remaining pilgrims, they invited the tribe to come and feast with them and celebrate and teach them how to pray and thank God that they were able to survive that year. Now, the amount of Indians that came were 90. So those, there were 90 Indians that had come to feast and they all stayed for a three-day feast. Like they ate lobster and turkey and corn. And then they also included praying and worshiping and included athletic events, which is kind of funny that um, kind of coincides with today because football is all the rage during Thanksgiving. <laughs> I think it's funny that that tradition just kind of um, like, it, it's just wild to me that that tradition actually still exists. I mean, even though our men aren't the ones playing <laughs> physically football, even though they do, some people do do like a two hand touch version of football, but like, you know, they're actually watching athletic events, which I think is hilarious. Um, but um, when you think about it, uh, if, if the Indians really wanted to, they could have taken out the 53 pilgrims easily. You know what I mean? Because those guys were warriors. 
So in that time, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever seen um, at the Adams family. Like when I was little, I used to watch Adams family, the, the movie and with like Wednesday where she, <laughs> she goes to camp. I don't know if you guys remember this, but she goes to camp and it was like, uh, like she was the only oddball out of the group there. And there was like a blonde who would always give her a hard time. Who was like a yuppie, I guess you could say. Uh, she was basically a thorn in her side the entire time. She was like all happy and, but she was dead set against Wednesday. And so I think it was Wednesday and Pugsley that went, I can't remember if Pugsley went, is that his name Pugsley? And so anyway, they, at, at the end of camp, they did a play on Thanksgiving and <laughs> Wednesday hijacked it. And, you know, the, the white kids that were there, they were the pilgrims and Wednesday was known as the Indian and she hijacked it and basically <laughs> killed off all of the pilgrims, <laughs> which is really funny, but that could have easily been the situation at that time. And it wasn't. And so, um, that's, that was the first Thanksgiving where they gave thanks for survival, um, in new England and thanks for the help that they had that God provided for them. Um, and even though the Mayflower actually went back, um, they, none of them, even though most of them had died, none of them wanted to go back to England. That's how bad things were, even though they were cold and they were hungry and they were just learning a new way of life. They still weren't trying to go back to England because of the persecution that they were. They were very happy, even in the midst of, um, uh, just like a tough time you know, even and learning new things in the new world, even in the midst of that and people dying all around them, they still were thankful of the Indians and their survival um, in New England. So that is, that's the first Thanksgiving. Don't let anybody tell you different. Um, you know, people will say, oh, you know, these guys came here and they wiped all the Indians out. And, you know, instead of Thanksgiving, we need to have Native American Day, or I don't know if they did that with Columbus Day too. Um, but that's just a, um, a deficit in, you know, true history. Um, yeah, they, the, there were some people that came here and especially in Virginia, if you look at a map and I talked about this, I think in the Pocahontas podcast, um, if you look, or the Massachusetts podcast, if you look at a map back then they had drawn up, um, it was like a map of the U S actually, I have it right here. It was a map of the U S and in Massachusetts, you can see uh, an arrow coming from Massachusetts going west, where it was originally called like the Bel the Bible Belt, where they would spread the gospel east to west. And then in the south, starting in Virginia, they used to call that the devil's country because that's where socialism bred. And the reason why socialism uh, was a thing. Oh, here it is right here. You can't really see it. If you're on my if you're on YouTube, this is what it is. It says God's blessing liberty. And it goes from east to west. And then it was called God's curse slavery because, um, in the South, they adopted, uh, socialism when they had first landed. Um, and they didn't want to cultivate the land themselves. And that's why they started bringing slaves into the South. And so it was known as a cursed country down there. Um, whereas Massachusetts was the OG of freedom. They spread the gospel from east to west. And so, um, people before and after them, it may have been true that, you know, and I have seen evidence that, yeah, they, there were people that, 
they, some people did kill Indians. The Indians also killed a lot of, um, a lot of the settlers as well. Most, most of the people that had died, I don't know if you heard of King's, uh, King, what was the war? King Philip War, I believe it was, was the name of the, the Indian had given himself that name where um, there was just a tribe of, I think it was in Squanto, I don't know if it was in Squanto's lineage where a lot of Indians had converted to Christianity and there was a, a tribe that was very violent who, you know, anytime that they would take somebody as a captive, they would torture them and they would kill them, but like torture them, like they would put um, spikes or like skewers into their body and light them on fire. And so there was, there were tribes that were extremely violent and they didn't like Christianity. And so they would go around and they would kill all of the Indians that had peacefully converted into Christianity. Um, and that was the massacre that had killed the most Indians was other Indians. It wasn't settlers. And so they had also killed settlers as well. And so, you know, a lot of the history that is being taught in school just teaches, no, they just, you know, even in the duck tours downtown, I went to Boston this summer to record um, the Rookie Marican commercial for the book. And we had finished recording and we took the day to go into Boston and just to kind of do all the tours that we had, we hadn't done before when I was younger. And we went on to a duck tours in Boston and they were doing the tours of like all the churches and, you know, like where the Boston massacre was. And then one of the things that they said was, didn't even give any historical relevance was, uh, or relevance was that the pil- when the pilgrims came here, the reason why they settled in Plymouth was because they ran out of beer. <laughs> I'm not joking. I wish I was joking. I was with my friend that day and she looked at me, she knows I'm a history buff. She looked at me and she's like, what? Is that true? I said, no, that's not true. And the people that were on the tour, now this is a, if you don't know what a duck tour is, it's like one of those boats that goes on land and then converts into a boat and it goes into the water. And so, you know, he was giving the history and this guy was like, you know, when the pilgrims came here, they were really bad people. They killed off all of the Indians and, and they were people on that tour that were not, they were all tourists. They came from different parts of the country. They came from different parts of the world. And they believed everything that this guy said, where he was like, yeah, they just, they were bad people. They came here because they ran out of beer and <laughs> they killed up. And I, ha- I had to say, that is not true. That is not true. You guys need to learn history because don't take, don't take what this guy is saying, like as, as face value. And that's what happens as Americans we just accept anything and everything that people say um, when it comes to history. And we, I mean, even with like the last couple of verdicts that have come out, look, we're in 2021. Wow, we're going to talk about this. We're in 2021, right? This is November 21st, 2021. And there was a verdict that just came out on the Rittenhouse uh, where this kid, 17 year old had lawfully possessed, uh, a fire, uh, rifle. And, um, the, this is when last year, when all of the BLM cities were being burned down, I'm not BLM cities, when all of the cities were being burned down by BLM and Antifa, 
And the cops weren't doing anything about it. The cops were actually being, I mean, they were looting the cops. They were burning their, you know, cop cars. They were looting um, stores. They were setting businesses on fire. I mean, businesses like owned by minorities. It was the most bizarre thing. And they would do it because they felt they were entitled to do it because of the quote unquote racism and discrimination in America and in the justice system. Makes no sense. Um, But this verdict just came out yesterday, two days ago, that this kid was innocent. And what happened was when you look at the video and you, and you actually watch the trial, there were people that were after him that were armed, that were trying to shoot him or that had hit him with a skateboard. They were trying to bodily harm him. And this kid defended himself. And he ended up shooting these people. Mind you, these people are white and they have records. Like one of them was, um, a a serial rapist pedophile. Um, others were criminals, And so it doesn't mean that if you're a criminal, you should die. But, you know, they had a history of violence um, already. And so I say all that to say that when you go on social media or you talk to anybody um, about this verdict, he was found not guilty. And most people said, oh, you know, because he's white, you know, he he's found not guilty. Um, or, you know, they would say, oh, he, what the headlines were and currently still are, um, white armed kid shot BLM protesters, but nowhere in that headline, do you see white BLM protesters had they had been black, it would have said black citizens, you know, of America or whatever. And so you can see um, how that affects mentally uh, people who do not do their due diligence in seeking the correct information. I watched some of that trial and though, and that kid was defending himself. Meanwhile, you have other people who have no idea. They have not done their due diligence. They have not watched a single clip of the, the trial. Um, they're just headline reader, readers where they say, yeah, this kid is a white supremacist. And he shouldn't have had a gun and he shouldn't have been anywhere near this place where where you, you actually watch the thing and you're like, dude, yeah, like this, this kid is innocent. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't agree, go, go watch the whole trial. And that's the reason why a lot of history, um, has been, um, believed to be what it is at face value because people are not doing their due diligence. They are not actually looking up, well, you know, why, why is he innocent? What happened at the trial? No, they're, they're, when it comes to history, they're just saying, oh, my, my history teacher told me it was true, so it must be true. Just like people say, well, the media say it's true, so it must be true. But no, that is not, that is, that's how indoctrination happens. No, that is, it doesn't work that way. You actually have to do your due diligence and research and learn. Look, do you know why Cuba fell? The reason why Cuba fell to a communist government is because that there were only like a couple of rebels. Like there was a handful of these guys, but they were able to overtake the media. They didn't have the internet in Cuba at the time. Um, So they only heard what was on the radio. And if they had TVs, what was on TV and they would say, hey, the rebels won this thing when, you know, this little battle when they had all gotten arrested and it wasn't reported that they had all gotten arrested. So Cuba thought that it was going into they thought already because of what was being reported that 
these guys were winning. And thank God right now we have the internet and we have books and we have libraries um, where we can look up all of this information and people that have historical documented evidence on what really happened, where we can actually look up true history, true evidence of what is really going on. I know I went through, like, I just went on a, like a rant. Um, and this was supposed to be about sanguing, but you know what? That's what happens. It's distorted. Meanwhile, the same people that are saying that Thanksgiving, um, you know, is, is, uh, false and that, you know, the, the, these guys came to shoot up all the pilgrims, um, all the Indians, they're still celebrating Thanksgiving. They're still eating the turkey. So, I mean, don't be a hypocrite. <laughs> if you really believe and you don't, if you choose not to look up the information for yourself um, and true to look up um, historical evidence and different people that wrote on the subject or, or these events um, and you're still celebrating, just do me a favor. Go find some work. Go back to work. Tell your boss that you don't believe in Thanksgiving and go go back to work for the day because that's hypocritical of you for, for you to take off the day for something that you don't that you really believe was the start of a massacre of all of the, the wipeout of the Indians. Now, when it comes to the US government and what they did with the Native Americans, I, I'm I am pro-constitution. I am a pro of the idea of freedom in America. I am against all of the corrupt, the corruption of the U.S. government. Let that be clear. I am not pro U.S. government by it, by any means. They have been infiltrated and they have been corrupt for a very long time. So, you know, now there's an argument also, you know, what the U.S. government did to the Native Americans. That is a whole nother topic for a whole nother day that I am actually not well versed in. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if that's true. Um, but the first Thanksgiving, this is what it was about. And this is what we continue to celebrate today. So I thank you guys for tuning in. Hey, listen, I actually have an, a new little project that I'm doing. Um, that's called Ridiculo Headline Fridays, where I cover all of the ridiculous headlines. I don't read the article. I don't care to do that because there's so many ridiculous headlines out there that are like clickbait that I feel are, are, are important to cover and to make fun of. <laughs> so if you're on my social media or you know what, I may even um, have it out or on, I might just put it, some of it on YouTube. I am getting censored for it already. I just did my first one last Friday and I just sit there and I make fun of all of the headlines. You could check it out if you want to, if you want to spread some joy this season, that's, that's what it's about. You know, there's so much turmoil right now. Uh, with what's going on and people are worried. Um, but, you know, I wanted to bring a little bit of joy into the world. Look out for the book um, in January. I'm almost done with it. Um, and listen, if you would like to donate, donate to the distribution of Bibles. If you feel like there's somebody that needs a Bible um, for this Christmas, um, I will send them, I will send you a Bible for you to give to them. They're free. That's part of the ministry, Rookie Revival, Rookie Revival Ministries. But hey, enjoy, enjoy that turkey enjoy that stuffing. If you want to get some lobster, get some lobster. That's how they did it. They got lobster. I think we should do that. We should adopt the lobster into sun gaming. That's what they did. That's what we should do. And they're probably a lot cheaper than the turkeys at this point this year. Um, get yourself, watch yourself a football game. It's okay. It's okay. Enjoy and have Thanksgiving. Take peace and be thankful for this year that the Lord has brought you to. 
um, that you are still alive today to be able to carry out his will um, and to carry out his promise for your life. Just be thankful for the, the people that you still have around you. If God does nothing else in your life, there's so much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. So much, so much to be thankful for. But I leave you to the next one. Thank you for listening to the Rookie Marican podcast. If you would like to support today, just go to Venmo, L-I-S-S-E-T-T-E dash Carter, C-A-R-T-E-R. Don't forget to head to the new Rookie Revival website where you can find out the latest books, you can find digital trainings, or you can support the distribution of Bibles all over Massachusetts and the nation. Thank you guys again for your support.